Welcome to Split Decisions, a new Dark Starts podcast series just for you. Because buying gear can be a tough decision, Chad and I decided to bring the experts to you and let them talk directly about the ideas behind their products to help you decide what is right for you, taking out some of the guesswork. The goal here is to try and keep this brief and to the point that matters most about these backcountry essentials. Dark Starts, the podcast is sponsored by Handout Gloves, the best thing since shoes got laces. Experience five-finger freedom with Handout Gloves' patented zipper technology and enable yourself to get everything you need so you can do what you want. We're also supported by Powder King Mountain Resort in the Pine Pass, BC. Don't forget to bring your snorkel. Face shots are the norm. This show is supported by Koo Sports and their full line of snowboard and ski waxes and tools. Pro Standard in the Grill Mount, the most versatile GoPro mount on the market. Sands Meal Bars, the best tasting snack for all adventures without all the excess stuff you don't need. Be sure to visit our website at www.darkstarts.ca and go to our partners page to learn more. Yo, what's happening? This is Jack Bigley with Backcountry Access. This is BCA's episode of Split Decisions. Jack, it's awesome to have you on the show. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy life to, you know, come on here and work with us and give us a breakdown of what BCA has to offer for the backcountry. This has been a year in the works. I've been work chatting and, you know, off and on and, uh, Stoked to have you on. Stoked to be here. I'm uh, glad we finally could make this happen. Yeah. Persistence wins. That's how she goes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, let's, what uh, What was your week like? What have you been going on? You guys getting any snow out there? You getting any, uh, I know you're a skier for now, but you did say you want to cross over, which is awesome yeah, to hear. Well, I, uh, um, trying to get out on the snowboard a little bit these days, but i uh, been honestly just kind of wrapping up some stuff with our athlete program right now this time of year we are are just planning content for the next year that's a huge function of my job is just um talking about what educational content what kind of creative stuff we want to feature what athletes we want to support in the next year um and so kind of planning all that out the ski industry it's kind of funny we work in like we're already planning for next fall next winter um mm-hmm. maybe a winter out yeah um but the, so getting out and skiing as much as I can, but, uh, definitely this, it's go time right now. We, uh, the, the, the winter is, is busy, busy for folks in the ski industry for sure. Oh yeah. There's no question. I, I, I know I'm having yeah. a rough time getting hold of people in the ski industry, ski and snowboard. Yeah. Cause it's or all no, I'm saying, Pardon me. The snowboard and splitboard industry. Nah, um, it's all the same. The back now, at, at, this, at this point, most of the, uh, the brands are crossing over. A lot yeah. of ski companies own snow sell snowboards and vice versa. It's it's all good. How yeah. you guys how are you guys managing with um supply chain and all that shit? Because um, that is that is like a major hurdle for a lot of people right now. I would say that well, we, we got really lucky in a respect. Um we have what we call a strategic parts reserve for our beacons or our transceivers. Um so we were on time with our beacon shipments. That said, anything coming from China um, has just been difficult. I think anything coming from abroad, regardless of what industry you're in, has has seen its fair share of supply chain difficulties. So yeah, for sure. our shovels, probes, backpacks um, definitely have some difficulties surrounding that. But we do make our transceivers. There are, there are, the, the circuit boards are all welded and put together Um up in soldered, you mean State. soldered soldered a soldered pardon me you're right you're right you're a welder i forgot about that shot <laughs> don't, don't, um, yeah, don't mess uh, with the welding stuff uh, yeah no, no that was a, no that arc was a, <laughs> you're just that was a miss you're just yeah. putting heat heat to a little no, piece of so we saw uh we soldered and put together our circuit boards up in whidbey island washington okay and then they are shipped down to boulder colorado where they're all assembled and tested and they go through a rigorous testing process. So it actually, it's an American made product and that simplifies a lot of things nice. um, for our, our supply chain. So our beacons, tracker four, tracker S and tracker three, we're all on time this year. Awesome. Sweet. That's good. Yeah. So before we get into this, I'm actually going to give you something right away. I'm going to give you a pack of Ku sport wax 
What? Yeah, I'm going to give you a mock speed wax. So you get all three temperatures. You get a spring, well, excuse me, 23 Fahrenheit, minus nine. No, minus, or 16 degree Fahrenheit <laughs> to a 16 and colder degree Fahrenheit. Chad, yeah, Chad, I'm just Chad impressed you're I had to me. read the label yeah, Chad had to sakes. really focus on the F. <laughs> 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 I can love that. All right, dude. <laughs> just picking on Chad. That's how she goes. It's all good. Um, so yeah, we're going to give you wax. Uh, it's a pleasure. We're going to send you some out. Uh, Coosport has a great line of tools and accessories for anybody to fix your skis or snowboards. You know, go to the darkstarts.ca page, go to the partners area, anything you buy, you get 10% off and all proceeds as well. We get a disc, we get a, we get a kickback, which helps the show and, um, feed the need, bro. Yeah. Americans get a better discount. You actually get 40% off what we pay here in Canada because you get the 10% plus 30% with the price difference. So I would, be Whoa. yeah, dude, fucking do it. So yeah. Anyways, let's get into this. I thought I'd get that out of the way first. Great. Um, yeah. So let's get into some beacon stuff. Let's get let's just get down and dirty right into the out of the gate. Here. Can we get a little bit of who Jack is oh, yeah. first? Fuck, for oh, sure, dude. Well, we, cause we've, been, um, we've been chatting, and I know Jack well, better. So yeah. Um, so my name's Jack Bigley. Uh, I first got connected with BCA when I was in college. I was injured at a. F- I used to compete in competitive big mountain skiing, jumping off cliffs and uh, and doing all that sort of stuff. And I was injured one season, and so I started announcing at these comps. And uh, oh, I Bruce actually, I could hear that co- in your voice. Yeah, the co-founder of the company comes up and he goes, "Hey, man, we sponsored this event, and you guys haven't plugged us yet." <laughs> um, and so I, I get on the mic and I. Um, if you want, and I said, if you want the simplest, most easy to use avalanche rescue equipment that is made available, look no further than backcountry access. And then I turned to him and I said, and if you need an intern, hire me. Um, <laughs> nice. And so like eight, like seven or eight months later, Bruce Edgerly, um, calls me and offers me a job. Um, did two years of that. Then I, um, started I, I moved to Jackson Hole and ski bum for a bit, bussing tables and fitting boots and that kind of stuff. And these days I like to call myself a ski bum in recovery. Nice. Uh, nice. Uh, you know, and uh, so I, I took a job back down here in Boulder. BCA is based in Boulder, Colorado. Moved out of Jackson Hole. Um, ski a lot less powder these days, but I got a great job and I'm, I'm really psyched about it. Um, my, my position at BCA is I'm the marketing specialist. And basically that means that I, I wear a lot of hats within the marketing department, but primarily I manage our athlete team, our creative content. Um, I kind of oversee some social strategy and, uh, and just kind of anything else. I, I end up doing a lot of shipping as well. Um, but, uh, Jack, yeah. Jack of all trades, master of none. That is me. Many yeah. hats, <laughs> many hats. Really the master of none. That is, that is, that could not be more true, man. Um, <laughs> Welcome to my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you guys want to get diving on beacons, hey? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I would just kind of just start things off by um, kind of just a little bit about BCA. Um, yeah. We revolutionize the avalanche transceiver world. Um, so in 1997, everything prior to that, um, people were working on analog transceivers. So you might've seen like the old blue Ortovox F1. It doesn't have a screen or anything. And people would literally listen to find avalanche victims. Um, and uh, when all, the tracker DTS was the first digital avalanche transceiver um, and as you see now, every transceiver on the market is now digital. Um, so we, we've always been kind of an industry leisure leader in pushing both education and, and product and development within that. Um, yeah, uh, I think simplicity is something that, that BCA kind of really excels in, um, in simplicity and ease of use. And I think for folks like Chad and Darren, who are just getting into splitboarding and into the backcountry, I, I think that the tracker is is just the obvious choice um, for for which beacon you'd want to buy. Yeah, I own the I own the uh, Tracker S. 
The simplest and the most price friendly bacon we make. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, hold on. You ready? Yeah. Tracker two. Yeah. Darren's got the old <laughs> bugger. So Darren has the little tracker two, which we've we've discontinued. I would still oh. say what's funny oh. is that that is that is still the fastest and most burly transceiver that's that's ever been made. That thing is so awesome, and that actually comes from the fact that it isn't doing much. Um, it doesn't have that multiple burial capability. Um, or I, I would say like a, a really advanced multiple burial. Yeah, because it'll 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 look. It at, has that special mode. Yeah, um, exactly. But, yeah. Um, it it's just it's simple and it's all its processing power um, goes to locking onto one signal and and bringing you into it, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I mean, honestly, if you're good with the tracker too, uh, I'd keep using it. Or um, but if you're interested in getting better at multiple burial searching, I'd um look at upgrading yourself to like a tracker four. Ten four. And I am. For yeah. sure. And then the tracker two will become the 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 one we're gonna bury to find. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. You know? And that'll be the uh let's practice. I got a few of those. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. So what has been can you break down for us and for all the listeners who are trying to learn a little bit more too, because uh you know we're not you mentioned it we're new still, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're still Good learning time. what's going on. Getting a better sense of it. Chad did his uh, AST1, the Canadian version, right, of your first level yeah. avalanche course last year. Uh, at, for at, me, at Stay Wild. At Stay Wild Backcountry in, in, in Golden, Golden BC, BC with Brittany Dixon there. Yeah. Awesome instructor. She yeah. fucking killed it. It was stellar. In fact, uh, I went with Chad on his course. Uh, for me, that was my second shot at a, a avalanche level one course. And, uh, man, I learned so much and I learned a lot more about beacons than I, well, you know, not to boot the guy who gave me my first course cause he did great. Um, but I learned a lot about that and the multiple burial thing because Brittany actually did that for us. She actually buried multiple beacons and, and then gave us the opportunity while she was working with one student to go off and play around with all the other stuff. Um, and go ahead. I think you bring up an interesting point there that, um, just the way that avalanche education is structured, um, I I think really it's it's like oh I have my level one I have my level two I have my level three, um, or or in the North American system I have my pro one or my level two, uh, and it's it's these series of weekends and really backcountry education is a lifelong pursuit you know, and so Darren by you going back to do your level one again. And just admitting that you learned a lot on your second lap on it, I think just really speaks to the fact that it's not something you learn in a weekend. You know, um, you can do that level one course four, five, six. That's my plan. How many times you want, you know, and you'd, you'd pick up a few more things every single time. Different instructors you know? teach things differently, right? That's the beautiful thing. Yeah, about exactly. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a, and there are advancements. I mean, listen, when I when I took my first course. Mm-hmm. The tracker two was a relevant beacon, and not saying it's not a relevant beacon now. But I mean, you guys have the S. I was going to the say three. whoa there, but yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> there <laughs> is a reason I mean, why we don't sell anymore. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Um, but you, I mean, um, yeah, since you have the the S, the three, and the four, and uh, yeah. well, my point is, is that. Um, uh, what was my point? Yeah. Oh, is that things are advancing, right? Technology is advancing. Things are getting better. And um, like I said, we did this course last year, and I learned a lot about the signal and how it works and mm-hmm. some other stuff that we didn't talk about. And actually we had a listener ask a question and um, yeah. actually, hold on, let me just pull it up here yeah, real quick. His name is uh, his, his IG handles G depth, like as in Gil. G department. Right. And his question was uh, he wanted to know if you could clarify um, the point about your beacon and the proximity to other devices you have. And that's something that I learned in that AT, AST course that Chad took last year that I didn't learn about yeah, mine she, just a few so years ago. So I, um, this is, this is interesting. So there's a lot of talk and I think a lot of false narrative around signal noise does. Um, and what's, what's interesting about, so proximity to other electronic devices. So electronic devices that we would be concerned about would be cell phones, GoPros, you're in reach, um, that kind of thing when you're out in the backcountry. And the reality is, is that when your transceiver's in transmit mode, so it's sending a signal, um, that really isn't an issue. 
when it is an issue is when your transceiver is in search. Mm -hmm. So if you're searching, maybe it's best practice to turn your phone off or stick it in your backpack. You could have your GoPro on top of your, your transceiver if you were buried in an avalanche and it would not affect signal strength. What um, the primary concern really is when you're, when you're actively searching. Um, and so yeah. we, we say 50 centimeters um, of distance when you're, when you're in search mode. I think as a – people tend to put that as a blanket, keep all things 50 centimeters away from your, your transceiver because that's really easy to digest. But the re- the reality is is that what people are really talking about, and the primary concern, is when the transceiver is in search. Yeah, that's what we noticed right away. My GoPro was causing. I never understood. Never even, I thought that was a thing until, I'm like, why am I getting like this signal towards me, and I'm looking to go ahead of myself. And meanwhile, my GoPro yeah. in my pocket. The GoPro's off. Now is that so? What I'm kind of curious about, and I'm kind of curious what your knowledge is, Jack. Um, if I have my GoPro, like his GoPros now, you have that Bluetooth capability, right? Where you uh-huh. can see the light. If you turn that capability off, does that affect it? Like, will that improve? I think it's the battery, period. Well, because so I remember, obvious. I remember, I remember Brittany was talking a lot about how devices like that are always outputting a signal searching for, you know, a host to link onto you. Right. I, I think it's probably best just not to get in the weeds on it and more <laughs> or less just think about that when you are trying to rescue somebody, keep the electronics away from you, yeah. um, put them in your pack, get well, them away. You know, she had a good um, point. Sorry to, I mean to cut you off. She had a good point. What she said is before you have your, um, go out for your day, have a meeting and talk about if, you know, if we have an, if an issue happens that there should be someone, to, if the party's big enough to have someone dedicated to taking all the devices, putting them in a bag and keeping it away from everybody. <clears throat> Cause that can happen yeah. in a couple seconds, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good way to deal with it. Um, or even just saying, Hey, let's all just put our, like, take a second. Remember slow is smooth, smooth is fast in an avalanche rescue. You Absolutely. know, if you do things right, um, you're going to screw up a lot less and, so just taking a second to say, hey, everybody, let's if you have a cell phone in your pocket, let's all turn our transceivers to search and let's just kind of move any electronic devices um, a, more than 50 centimeters away from the circuit transceiver. That's a, um, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. And I love and I've heard that saying before, slow, smooth, smooth is fast. And, you know, not a lot, not a lot of people adhere to that. Right. Especially when you're in a training course and you're like, you're eager and you're you're going hard and you're really your like, best I know. friends buried. What's going to happen? Your emotions go high. Your intelligence is low. You do stupid shit. Yeah. yeah. In a reality situation, for sure. Yeah. It's called managing and, your and emotional you, intelligence. What I oh, I find that I'm fastest with my beacon when I actually um, am, am moving at a speed at which I can think. You know, if I if I'm moving so fast that I turn my brain off, I end up screwing stuff up. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I, like the more time you spend with your transceiver, the faster you are, and the faster you can go while still being able to kind of keep a, a sound mind. Right. You know, and then you think about what would happen if, you, if one of your buddies was buried and that would obviously um, impact your ability to think clearly through those scenarios. So right. um, extensive, I just cannot reiterate enough, extensive practice um, will allow you to do the right thing when, if you ever find yourself in that sort of situation where you, where you have somebody buried. So. If I, I have the Tracker S, now what makes the difference between the Tracker S, the Tracker 3 Plus, and the 4? What's the big advantage of going up? Um, so uh, I worked in, I, like I said, prior to working for BC, I worked in a shop and we, we carried all three of those transceivers. And so um, this is kind of the way I would, I, I would think about it from a, like, like a kid in a shop selling, selling you this transceiver. Um, the Tracker S... Um, is that has all the bells and whistles of the Tracker 3 or the Tracker 4 minus it does not have a motion sensing auto revert feature mm. which um, would be something that if you were in a secondary avalanche your transceiver would turn from search back into transmit um, which is an extremely rare circumstance so it does not have that motion sensing auto revert feature and then it does not have a uh a plug-in that allows you to update the transceiver. That said, updates are extremely rare. 
So I think for most recreational users, a Tracker S is perfectly adequate. Um, it comes in at two ninety nine, so price is obviously a component. Um, Tracker three, it's three, gonna be three nineteen Canadian. I was just gonna say <laughs> three nineteen Canadian. All right, so Chad, uh, Chad, Darren, I'm gonna need you to uh, kind of fill me in on on the Canadian conversion as I'm hitting some price points here. I've got um, the, I've got it right in front of me. Got you oh, back, bro. Backcountryaccess.ca. I got you. Oh, I got there you, you back, go, bro. Um, so T3 Plus, um, just kind of a quick thing. The Tracker Three, Tracker Three Plus. I would say if you have a Tracker Three, I wouldn't worry. It's just it's just a minor software thing. Um, we've had to, we basically like legally had to call it a Tracker Three Plus. Um, yeah, uh, I, w- I wouldn't even worry about that. Actually, let's just cut that out. Uh, so we're gonna start that. <laughs> so make, Tracker Three. Making a note. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So Tracker 3, Tracker 3 Plus, um, we're actually just going to call that Tracker 3 because um, it's it's such a misnomer thing that I don't want to confuse anybody. Um, but so Tracker 3 comes in at 349. It's our slimmest transceiver that we make. Um, I'd say that if somebody was really set on wearing their transceiver in their pocket, um, that might be the one that I'd point them to. Mm. Uh, tracker 4 is going to be our burliest kind of – Someone who uses and abuses their gear, someone who's skiing 60, 70 days, patroller, um, that kind of person might be looking more towards a Tracker 4. Um, it's got a rubberized overmolding. It's really structurally sound. Um, it, but I, it also has a bigger, brighter, and louder LED display. So in a search scenario, mm, uh, I see it, just, it just calls your attention more to the transceiver. And it's it's just it's – just, is that it, much more? Is it thin as well, thin. or is it thick? Is it what? thin like the three? Or is it it's bigger? slightly thicker than the three. Yeah, um, but I w- I would also say that the Tracker Four, and this is I'd say pretty anecdotal um, to my understanding, the firmware in Tracker Three and Tracker Four, um, more or less the same with a few slight modifications. Um, I find that the Tracker Four is a little bit snappier um, when you use it. So what um, you're telling me that is one. When this show goes on the road and Darren and I are getting 100 plus days a year. Yeah, heck yeah, you are. We, um, we need to be getting uh, the tracker fours. Yeah, I think so. 10 4. Um, and uh, I'd say that, I mean, the, all, all three of our transceivers have what we call a no nonsense multiple burial function, yeah. that signal suppression, and that big picture mode, and a real time display. Yeah. And you look at, I think that's where we really. Um, are competitive in the marketplace is that our display is in real time. Yeah. Um, and that, that comes from an extremely fast processor. So um, some of our competitors, they claim that they can flag nine, 10 tons of trans, like they could flag 10 beacons in a, or they have a longer range or every, every transceiver manufacturer has their claim to fame. Right. And our claim to fame is our processing power, which um, I think is, really going to show its effectiveness in a single burial or double burial scenario, which when you look at the, the statistics, if you were to ever find yourself in an avalanche scenario, that's really what you're going to encounter um, is a single or double burial. And that's where the tracker is going to be the fastest and the easiest to use. So we've, it's, and it's all BCA at large. And then tr- the tracker avalanche beacons are all built on a philosophy is from the debris pile up. So we look at, the real data, what's actually happening in the field, what actual users are experiencing, and then we build our products surrounding that. So that's why we built a beacon that's super stupidly easy to use. There's no slope angle meter on it. It doesn't. There's no analog feature. Um, this beacon is. It has everything you need and nothing you don't. Um, well, I know that when I used it for the first time, well, I messed around a little bit with it. And as much as Darren said geek out with it, I was like, yeah, I got other things to do. I don't have time for this, even though I should have. Oh, you um, got it, man. I know. I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. So, but it was really easy for me to do multiple burials, chasing people down. Like when we did our, 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 our my first course, um, I found somebody like I was hot on it. The thing I noticed though, is it takes you for a tour. Like the, the signal is taking you out for like a loop and then it brings you in kind of. So, so, so I know people, so, go ahead. But what's probably happening is you're on an electromagnetic flux line. Um, and this is something that's probably – it's easier shown with a diagram. Um, but folks at home who don't know what a flux line is, I'd, I'd recommend 
Googling or go to the Backcountry Access Transceivers 101 um, video on our YouTube page or our education page. Um, and you can, we'll give you a whole rundown of what a flux line is. But basically, avalanche beacons function on, on signal strength on these things called flux lines, which are basically uh, electromagnetic singles that look like an oval. Okay. Um, and so it's, it's interesting what, when you get that arrow, so you mm-hmm. get a, on, on a transceiver, you get a distance reading and you get an arrow. Um, and I'm trying to think about how to explain this in a podcast friendly environment, but, <laughs> um, w- with that arrow is actually, I mean, it's when you, if it, if the arrow is pointing to the left or to the right, it's not necessarily telling you that your beacon's to the left or the right. It's telling you to reorient your transceiver so that you are on that flux line. And when that arrow comes into the middle or this, it's pointing you in the forward direction, um, what that is telling you is that you're on the flux line. Um, and you will follow that flux line into the buried unit. And so that's just so everybody's clear, <clears throat> that flux line is not a direct beeline to your target, right? It's it's, it's like not. a curved path. That it, brings yeah, you in. So I think I think probably in everybody's mind's eye, what what we're talking about here, flux line. If you picture a ball and then just oval circles radiating out from the center of it and circling back around from the top through down to the bottom, does that sound right? Uh, so, yeah, so uh, essentially, it's a it's a series of ovals in a three D plane. So any right. sort of right. like ovular lines. And just just to clarify, I'm a marketer. I, I'm not an electro like I'm I'm not an electronics engineer. If any engineers out there are, are laughing at me, I'm really sorry. You but, just play uh, one on a podcast. I, I do have a. <laughs> it's okay. I, I think of when you say flux, I think of Back to the Future, the flux capacitors. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um. I, <laughs> I I'm a uh, passionate backcountry skier, and that's that. And I work for BCA. That's kind of where this comes from. But I, I certainly do not have a. Um, a background in electroengineering. But that makes um, sense though. That like what you just said explains why it's doing that to you, why it's giving you that loop feeling like you're like, okay, why yeah. like I know they're in that direction, like to the right or whatever. And what I see with a lot of beginners is that they they're following the arrows and the numbers are going up and they follow them into oblivion. And if if you're on the distance, if you're if you keep you're keeping that arrow in the center and your numbers are going up, to me that's a pretty good indication that you need to turn around. You know, the numbers should be going down, mm, right? Right. Turn around or, or change your direction a little bit, you mean? Yeah. Or or would you say move your transceiver? I would say that in like, general, if your numbers are growing up and you're keeping that dis- that arrow, not that distance arrow, just that arrow in the center of the screen, that's a pretty good indication you need you need to just do a full 180 yeah. um, in turn. Well, at least swing your arm around and see where the numbers are starting to go to descend. So what I'm worried, what I'm curious about right now then is where should you keep the arrow Um, or just always keep moving in the path where the numbers are going down is what you're saying. So uh, there is at least on our unit, um, there's arrows pointing to the right, arrows pointing to the left, and then one center arrow. And you want to keep that, that transceiver with the, with the arrow in the center. That helps. That clears, that clarifies a little bit. Now I got to go practice it. (laughs) Practice a lot. I, I mean, a transceiver is only as good as the person who knows how to use it. I, I mean, I think, I mean, at this point, every transceiver on the market does a pretty good job at finding an avalanche victim. Um, and no matter what beacon you have, that thing is going to be useless if you don't know how to use it. So get out there, practice a lot, practice more, and get really good with your beacon. Agreed. And I and I hate this. I, I hate even thinking about the fact that how many people out there have beacons and they don't practice with them. And then they get out to the trailhead and, yeah, I got my beacon yeah. on, right? And I, then- I, I, I do demos in a lot of like marketing events. And I, I'm just astonished by how many people are really, really bad with their transceiver. Right. Like, like really bad with it. Now, um, one of the and things- I, I, even I was at one point, I, I think, um, less than adequate. And I, I, I think if you're sitting at home and you're thinking like, Oh, like you're feeling a little self-conscious right now. I, I think that's your cue to get out and practice. Right. And <laughs> there's no shame in, in practicing with your transceiver. Um, I, I don't know. I make a game out of it. 
go out there and bet, put some money down. Whoever, whoever has the fastest time doesn't have to pay for beer at the bar later. Um, right. make it fun, make it engaging. Um, <laughs> I know yeah. it, Chad's looking at me. I can't remember who that was Cam either. Chad was that Cam Fields? Yes, sir. All right. So Cam Fields out of Jackson Hole, Wyoming with, uh, with Giver and the, uh, Front Country Front Foundation. Foundation. He, uh, when they do their beacon practice, their goal is they, they'll bury a six pack and, yeah, um, and they crack one, they crack one and turn it upside down. And you got to find that six pack before that can's empty. Yeah, yeah baby. <laughs> Giver. Incentive. You're wasting beer. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that helped a lot. I'm really, I really appreciate that. Now let's get into some of the, your avalanche probes. So things to think about when you're buying a probe would be, First and foremost, what snowpack are you in? Um, are you in the Are you in the in Colorado, or it really doesn't snow that much? Um, I probably like think you could probably get away with a two forty or a two seventy centimeter probe. Um, or are you up in Canada where Chad and Darren are, and it snows a ton? Um, you're probably going to be looking at wanting to get like a three hundred or a three hundred thirty centimeter probe. Um, so I think what snowpack you're in should really leads you into thinking about what probe you want to get. Um, and the second thing that I think people often overlook with, with probes is, is the size of the numbers, um, on our aluminum probes, we actually make it so that on one side is large screen printed, um, numbers so that when you're in a snow pit or no, pardon me, when, so large numbers for when you're in an avalanche rescue, um, it, it's really large and obvious where, wh- what number reading you get. And then on the other side of the probe, um, are laser etched numbers. They give you really fine measurements for when you're digging snow pits and you're taking really precise measurements. Nice. Um, and, and then the third thing that I think people often overlook is the way that the probe deploys and then the amount of segments in it it's in. What's interesting about our probes is we've actually taken them, um, and we've made the segments shorter so a larger probe can fit in a smaller backpack. And it, notoriously, if you have a 300 or 330 centimeter probe, it doesn't fit in a lot of packs. So we've taken that 300 and 330 centimeter probe and added an extra segment so that it can fit into smaller backpacks. Another thing with that is that our last segment of our probe hides as like a as the it's the deployment mechanism. So as you pull that last segment out, um, it it locks the probe into place. And if you look at certain other probes in the market, and this is really getting in the weeds, but um, they, you pull a cable as opposed to pulling the last segment of the probe. Um, and then you clip that cable back to the probe. And it, what it ends up doing is that cable gets unclipped and then it's just hitting you, just hits you in the face while you're out there probing. Or the other, the other issue we saw with that is it froze and then you couldn't get it apart afterwards. Exactly. Cause yeah. we all in Canada where it's cold and <laughs> that's right. Stuff. It is yeah. fucking cold. It is, it is properly <laughs> chilly. So what's the uh, weight difference between the, you know, your, your aluminum versus your carbon? It's like 60 grams. Okay. Darren, my man. Fuck. <laughs> Just on uh, it. I'm the specs master. Just, I know. That's why he's on the show. That's the only reason why he's here is because he's a big nerd on stuff like that. So, I mean, just, just for, for reference, the cell 300 carbon yep. comes in at um, 290 grams. And that. Uh, that and then I, I compared it to the 330. So the 330 is at 350 grams. So, and then, so the 300 carbon is 290 grams, and the 300 um, aluminum comes in at. At 330 grams, so um, about a 40 gram difference. Yeah. So Darren loses, really. Yeah, <laughs> only 10 grams out. Fuck, what's that? Four, no, I was comparing four pounds. You know, because I was, I, I went, uh, I went 330 and 300 carbon. That's why. So oh, yeah. But I do like what you just talked about. I really enjoyed the like that was really informative. Like the, about how when you deploy it. You're pulling a piece into the other pieces. You're not pulling this long cord. I think that's very yeah. Um, that's really important. I love the way your probe works, man. I I mean, I've got the the two seventy because when I got into this, I didn't know any better. And uh, um, to be honest with you, that's all they had at the store. So I just grabbed. I just needed the shit so I could get out into the backcountry. Um, that would know. require TP. There's a there's a a wise <laughs> a split shit <laughs> split shit. Um, <laughs> There's a wise avalanche educator out there, um, and she's and I, I won't drop her name, but uh, and she always says that 
probe length is the only time that that size matters. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and she's she's a big fan of like two hundred two hundred seventy and up or three hundred and up. Um, yeah. So I, I I think amongst avalanche educators, I think two seventy or three hundred or three thirty is kind of your safe bet. Um, but if you're in a shallower snowpack or you're counting grams or you're a schema racer, I think 240s could be completely adequate depending on your setting. Yeah, I know the word on the street here is 300 well, is what they yeah, want you to have. The snow is getting yeah. heavier and bigger and deeper. and Yeah. Makes sense. I Yeah, and you know what I love that you pointed out is something I didn't realize is this, the segments, right? Like yeah. how you guys yeah. added the one segment to keep the overall package when it's stowed short enough because I have that 270, the pack that I have is a 32 liter pack. And even my 270 just barely fits in there, man. You know, like I just yeah. gotta, I gotta kind of tweak the zipper a little bit to get it closed. Nothing too much. Uh, it hasn't caused my zipper to break or anything like that. So still rocking it. Your pool's good, not but, big enough. Uh, that's, uh, that's not what I always <laughs> hear, but <laughs> it's, it's sufficient. It fits it the two seventy apparently is sufficient. That's right. So it so the pole length or the each individual segments are the same length from the two seventy to the three thirty? Um I, I've never more. been asked that question. Um because uh, the welder just asked uh, the why. yeah, the the welder <laughs> so to to reiterate the over previous models of BCA probes, the 300 and the 330 have slightly smaller segments, so they fit better in your pack. Right. But um, it just just given the longer length, the segments are going to be longer versus the 270. So I, I just technically, I, I looked it up. So collapse length on a 270 is 45 centimeters, and collapse length on the 330 is 47 centimeters. So there you go. We're lot. talking no, it's two centimeters. Yeah, right? it's, an, it's yeah. an inch. It's even less than an inch. Three quarters inch is of an inch. Twenty-five centimeters. It's three quarters of no. an inch. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's well, great. Great. Glad, glad I asked the question. For all you Americans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess it's it, pretty nominal. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it good. is entirely. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's good. So obviously I need to get a 300 because I don't really care if it's carbon or aluminum. I don't know. I always wish I had a three quarters of an inch more, but. That's what she said. <laughs> That's what she said. Anyways. Um, All right. Where are we on? We're going to shovels now. <laughs> We're going to shovels. <laughs> Fucking guy. <laughs> um, and. What's what's interesting was from a, once again going back to the shop, um, in a ski shop perspective, a shovel was actually something that I I think there is a dramatic difference between um, a really nice premium shovel and a low rate shovel. If you go to Costco, they'll sell you these like snow shovels, like I think it's called like a Lifeline shovel um, for like twenty five bucks. And the thing is just awful. Um, I think for, for those of you looking to get your first avalanche shovel or, or just people with, with less experience in the backcountry, um, a wise mentor of mine once told me that there's a reason they give prisoners short-handled shovels. And that's because it really sucks to dig with. So when you're digging, when it really matters, when your buddy's buried in an avalanche, you want a shovel that extends. Um, you want a shovel with with a really nice, wide, robust blade. Um, for me personally, and everybody's got their own preference, I really like a shovel with home mode. So um, for BCA, that shovel is called the Dozer 2H. Yes. Um, okay, so yeah, we had a question from a, from a listener by the name of Van Photos, and that was his question, which which is the best shovel for moving snow? So, um, Well, uh, that actually also brings up an interesting point. Um, is that at least in a, in the avalanche courses that I've participated in, um, I thought that shoveling was an undertaught subject. And so there's actually a right and a wrong way to shovel. And we actually have an education video about it's called Shoveling 101 um, on how to shovel effectively and the strategic shoveling techniques involved in avalanche rescue. Are you and send me that uh, video so I can, we can post it in our. In our uh... Heck yeah, Instagram, man. And then I'm going to put it on the yeah, website as well. Yeah, uh, I'll send you all our Backcountry Basics videos. Awesome. awesome. Um, and yeah. So. Home mode. Home mode. Yeah. I, I, I personally like a shovel with home mode. 
Um, I would not go ski touring with a buddy who had a shovel that did not extend. I think that's really important. So I think a shovel that extends, um, if you want to get really geeky, I think a shovel with homoed, uh, moves snow if you're in certain scenarios better. So I, I think a shovel with, that ex- extends and has homoed is, is what Jack Bigley prefers. Uh, some people like shovels that are a little lighter. Some people like shovels with wider blades. Um, but for me, that's that's kind of where I land. I, I really like our Dozer 2H shovel. Yeah, we got to experience that for the first time at our uh, or at my AST1, my course first, and she busted that out, the home mode, and I was just like blown away. Uh, a couple of people had it in the group that we were in, and they moved show. Well, they got burnt out, but that shovel moved show. The efficiency so. is insane. Oh, yeah. 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 So going back on how to shovel, we were taught to create cubes and remove the cube because when the snow, an avalanche does happen, the snow is no longer fluffy. You've created a lot of friction. The snow becomes wet and now it's become, yeah. and then as it settles, it's going to harden up. So the best way to create, to move snow is to create a cube, move the cube, create a cube, move the cube, right? That's just what I was taught. Yeah. Um, and shoveling avalanche debris is exhausting. Freaking so, right it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, like chunking out, cutting out blocks, and then yeah, extricating that blocks. Um, and there's all sorts of different strategies depending on your burial depth and how many people you have to help you shovel. Right. Um, and we could we could spend the next hour and a half talking about those those little kind of m- micro yeah. differences. But uh, yeah, if you're curious, check out our shoveling one one video. Yeah, we, we went through a little bit of that in our course. You know, we, we you know switching out people, people that are in the front, people versus the back, the people at the front with home mode, you know, smashing tons of snow forward or backwards, and then people second line clearing that area out so that way the, they can keep putting snow. Uh, it was great. We moved a lot of snow quickly because we had teams. We had two levels of, of clearing and that really helped a lot. Yeah. Um, and it was great learning. Like I, I, like I've been shoveling snow since the time I could hold a shovel living in Canada here and no clue until that day. Yeah. I was like, Oh crap. That's a whole new world of shoveling. Um, yeah, folks get out there and practice shoveling. That's, that's my, yeah, I got, I got a little yard. Got, you can come to my house and shovel my three feet of snow. <laughs> <laughs> my son, right ain't, my son ain't fucking doing it. So shovel a hole, bury your beacon <laughs> and then practice your beacon. <laughs> He's waiting for the, hey, dad, where's the snowblower? Yeah, it's not here right yeah. now. <laughs> for that fucking walkway out there? Are you kidding me, dude? That's crazy. It's too funny. You need a snow thrower. Well, I have one. It's not at my house, though. <laughs> Someone else has it. Anyways. Um, yeah, my shit. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> He's right. sitting on the couch, exactly. Um, awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. Definitely the, and they're not, you know, for, for the home mode, for how much larger the handle is and like, you know, like how that works it's it's so worth it i've got a really chunky one i have a burton shovel that i need to upgrade as well um okay so you know before we close the door on shovels because uh you, you know you went right to the 2h but you guys <laughs> there's a lot of shovels yeah, dude. in, in a that lot category of shovels, a lot of shovels um, and I, thank you for uh, for saving me there yeah. uh, <laughs> I, but like, I'm just telling you what I like, I, but, agree, uh, yeah. I, I would say Fuck, that we make, every you. shovel we make, I personally think is a, is a beyond adequate shovel to carry in the back of your, they're, they're, the, all of our shovels are, are awesome and it really depends on what you're looking for. Or, so our, our 1TUL is one of the lightest extendable shovels in the market. So if you're for that weight conscious customer, that's what you're going to be looking so for. So UL for um, ultralight. Yeah. It come. I mean, that shovel comes in at, uh, that's that shovel is coming in at four and thirty nine grams. It's that for and there's there's plenty of ultralight shovels that don't extend. And you've heard my rant about extendable shovels. I really think it's an essential thing for for someone in the backcountry to be carrying an extendable shovel. Um, so I think that shovel meets a really nice compromise of weight and function. Okay, I got one um, more question about that shovel because looking so, at all your so shovels and the handle types, um, is the handle ambidextrous because it looks like it's either righty or lefty, like you can flip it either yeah. way? You're just you're just peeing up softball pitches love, for love, me. Love, love the guy. See? Uh, so we actually developed this. The shovel handle is pretty slick. Um, it is ambidextrous. It, it does have a right, and if you were to flip it around, a left-handed function. Um which prior to seeing that design, I had never even thought about it. Maybe that's my right-handed bias in the world. 
Um, but definitely, like, depending if you are left-handed, do not worry. You can turn that. Uh, you can turn that shovel blade, shovel handle, full 180, and then it is suited to your left-handed grip. Well, if you're um, left-handed, you're loving these pictures because every picture is set up left-handed. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I kind of the the nomenclature behind her shovels is is the number is blade size. Thank you. So and then T would be or the 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 letter. So for the one T, it would be a number like size one blade size and then t would be the the type of handle so that is a t so the dozer one t is a slightly smaller blade size with a t grip um the two t is number two blade size with a t grip the two d is with a d handle some people really like the d handle personally um you know i, I love my 2h uh but yeah, uh the 2h is nice <laughs> um and then 3D would be our largest blade. To just folks, so you know, um, if you're a snowmobiler, that fits really nicely in your tunnel bag. If you're planning to carry that in a backpack, um, I, I probably look to a slightly smaller shovel. It doesn't fit super well in backpacks. That's going to be a great shovel for plow, for throwing snow out of your driveway, building big kickers, um, or sledding. Yeah, if you're a snowmobile and you can fit in your tunnel. No, no, no. I mean um, for sledding on, for like sitting on the shovel and oh, sliding yeah, down. Oh, yeah, sledding on. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I've done that. I've done that uh, work, actually. The shacks paid. and the shacks tech, uh, I would say, are a great springtime shovel when oh, okay, yeah. uh, when you're carrying an ice axe. Um, and uh, I, I think – so that's all our new shovel line this year. Um, we do have some carryover of our old shovels, the, the B1 and the B2 and the A2 and the D2, all awesome shovels um, that have just a proven track record of being really, really killer. Um, one new improvement, uh, if you're considering upgrading your shovel, would be uh, this. We've also added what we call an OVO concave shaft to the shovel. Um, it's basically functions. It looks it looks and feels like a lacrosse stick, so it it's it's added strength and grip um, on all of our new shovels. I have a question about the um, the T the one T dozer. Yeah, are those, we are we those, actually are those, are those little like air holes for like you know um, shit? I lost my word now. Aerodynamics, kind of so aerodynamics, you can move the blade so faster, you can move faster through the air, like through the sky. <laughs> don't, um, don't you wish? It's just so light that you're just you're really um. So the one TUL uh, does have some holes cut out of yeah. the shovel blade. It's for faster um, movement. To to, pri- to just for cut some weight out of the shovel. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just a weight savings. Aerodynamics like F one. So that right? so that said, you know, in all seriousness, going yeah. along what Chad's talking about, every blade does come with holes On in the, the top and and top and bottom corners. Can yeah. you explain why? Oh yeah. Um. That's for uh, if you have the proper equipment, you can actually rig a rescue sled out of the shovel. Um, certain people also use the shovel as a as a snow anchor in certain settings, and so I, I think primarily the holes are for for building a rescue sled um, utilizing the shovel material. Okay, that's nice. a whole other course, folks. Yeah, we yeah. We, uh, we ain't done with BCA. <clears throat> this is level one here. We're gonna do level two. Another time. Oh yeah, we're 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 we'll get in the weeds. We I feel like we're already in the weeds, but we'll a we'll, uh, little bit. We can dig our way out. Oh, we'll, we'll get in the weeds. <laughs> yeah, that's let's, a uh, that's a job for a shack. Should buddy. we get into a little bit of the uh, just kind of break down your rescue packs, and then we can from that we'll move into the radios. Definitely. Let's do um, that. Just so, quick. Yeah, real quick. So our our rescue packages for that for that introductory user. Um, is a, is a really awesome way for you to get into, um, just get your beacon shovel and probe in a nice kind of price friendly option. Um, we do a T3 rescue package, a TS rescue package and a tracker four rescue package. All of our rescue packages come with a B1 shovel, um, a 270 centimeter probe, um, and then the respective beacon that you're purchasing with the package. Um, which is, I mean, that's pretty slick that, I mean, you're getting, you are getting a small discount by by bundling them all together. What was the yeah. price you were saying? Um, three eighty four for a TS rescue package. Yeah, so four um, four forty nine ninety nine. 
thanks to our taxes. CAD. CAD, thanks to our taxes in Canada. That's why the 99 is there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's a good price. It is. For those three items, That's I think yeah. I paid $300 for my my Tracker S, $320 alone. So, yeah. If you would have had the pack, I would have bought the pack at the store. An S3 board yeah. shop, which is also another supporter of the show. They give everybody 15% off if you purchase stuff at S3 board shop. Go to s3boardshop.ca. There you go. What do you do? All right. Radios. Radios. Um, this has, um, it's, it's just interesting that when we first started to sell the radio, we, we, we almost didn't think much of it. Um, and this has been a, this has grown into a, a staple of our business. Um, I think that a, it has actually progressed what used to be Beacon Shovel Probe. Um, I, I now say Beacon Shovel Probe radio yeah. because not only is it a safety tool, it is it allows you to ski, have more fun in the backcountry, communicate more. The amount of times I've been like, hey, man. Like come over the radio. Your just ability to speak in full sentences when you have the radio versus like waving your poles or yelling at your buddy. Um, just to be able to speak clear, coherent sentences over radio, just it it keeps you safer and allows you to ski better pitches. It's it's incredible. Um, I'm I don't ski in the backcountry without a radio now. It's, no, it's it, 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 it's like one of those things you didn't know how much you needed it until you had it. Oh yeah, I, I I compare it to like a like a smartphone or something where you're like prior like you didn't think you needed a computer in your pocket until you got one and then yeah. now you're and then now you're now like you're launching like ships of the moon with your phone. yeah now you're launching ships of the moon with it. Um, well, it's crazy though because Darren and I we've had you know we go riding locally well powder powder king mountain we go there and uh, Chad likes to dip in the trees and do his own thing and Darren was always frustrated waiting for Chad. I don't give a shit. I don't wait for anybody. We're in a resort. I'm going. I'm going to find my way. Darren's always like, where are you? What are you doing? So now it's great. He's just like, hey, Chad, where are you? What's going on? Yeah. Now we don't, we don't have totally. we don't have the BCA radios. We have a <clears throat> other model. Um, yeah. <laughs> nothing well, really we'll, great. We'll fix that, hey? Okay. Um, we're, down. Um, we're down for that. Uh, but I think the uh, over are like four what you get out of the BCA radio, I think it is the best radio for skiers and snowboarders on the market. The fact that you have a base unit that lives in your pack with a smart mic that you can adjust the volume and the channel from your shoulder strap. It's just so functional and easy to use. It just lives in it. Like I have a BCA radio that just lives in my backpack all year round. I don't take it out. It just lives there. Um, it's, Ooh, it's, it's really slick. Um, well, no, and I take that base unit just out of the pack and I charge it overnight. It just sits yeah, right there. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Um, but I, I mean, I just can't tell you how many times I've, I've said, Hey man, I hit a rock. If you just ski like 10 feet to the right of me, you're going to ski better snow. It's going to be colder. Um, it was less affected by the sun, et cetera, et cetera. Um, to be able to just communicate like that is awesome. Or just to say, Hey, I'm here. Um, these radios, not only are they for fun, but they're a safety tool. We're starting to see more and more use cases where these radios have saved people's lives. Oh, yeah. Um, something that's really compelling is we're starting to see these multi-use or multi – sorry, inter-party communication channels, um, multi-user channels, and so multi-group channels. Um, and so this really started and, and kind of kicked off in Telluride, Colorado. Uh, each drainage – that people like to or commonly traveled backcountry drainage and, and Telluride has a common use radio channel. So for Bear Creek drainage, you have one channel for Ofer, you have another. And what you do is you say party of three dropping on X line party. Of, and then when you, when you clear the line party of three clear safe. Um, and so everybody kind of knows where everybody else is. And, this has been a really effective way for 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 groups to communicate with each other, which I think as the backcountry gets more crowded, that's that tends to be more and more of a concern is that 
you could potentially cut something off on top of somebody. Something could, somebody could cut something off on top of you. Um, so the ability to communicate with other groups is really amazing. Um, uh, two seasons ago, in spring of 2020, in Telluride, they had this incident where in the over in the over during like up and over, they uh, a party was was ski touring and they cut something off. Uh, one of their one of the people. Uh, was was injured who was carried in the slide someone radioed over the common use radio channel two p- two members of ski patrol heard it who were who were just happened to be skinning up the drainage so qualified emts were able to be on scene within minutes the doctor down in ofer heard over the radio because he was just monitoring the channel um so he called search and rescue immediately and the, it was it was a far more coordinated response as a result of the radio um, wow so yeah, like I said, I, I I'd love to see uh, the mantra move from Beacon Shovel Probe to Beacon Shovel Shovel Probe Radio, um, and even Airbag, you know. But Beacon Shovel Probe Radio for sure. We're gonna start using that now. When we drop that line. Yeah, I love that. Hey, can we can we speak technically frequency wise about the radios? Because when you look at them, they look pretty simple. Like. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to I don't want to take away from them, but when they when you look at them, it's like six channels. And some volume options. Um, so, so but looking can, at the specs, it says that you have, sorry to cut you off, but just looking at the specs, it says frequency 22 FRS channels plus 121 sub channels to ensure minimal interference. You know, yeah. just kind of curious how all that works on the radios. So um, you can program any channel you want within that 22 FRS and 121 sub channels um, on the radio base unit. Um, so our radios come stocked. Uh, with with some preset channels. My personal favorite is channel C, 420, the Colorado channel. Um, <laughs> you, could, you could buy the 420 radio t-shirt on our website because um, that channel C seems to be kind of a hit. Nice. Um, but um, yeah, you, you could program. I would actually say that in general, those preset channels due to the popularity of the radio tend to be a little bit clogged up. Um, if you're not intentionally on a, uh, common use channel, I would, I would actually set your own channel with your buddies. We're going to be on, um, I know growing up, my dad's birthday is six sixteen, So we, my family is, uh, six, our, our family channel six sixteen. Um, just getting away from that preset channel and, and setting a channel that is specifically for your friends, um, will allow you to kind of have your own channel. Um, and that's all easily said on the radio. Nice. Yeah. And if you have any questions about radio program, we have a really in-depth video um, on our education page and on our YouTube page about programming your radio. All right, sweet. One last thing about radios before we diverge. Yeah. Um, link one, link two, diffs. Um, it's just a slight. So the the range in the link two is a little better. Uh, to be honest with you, the there was... I just think the connection between the the base unit and the uh, and the smart mic are just is slightly improved in the Link 2.0. Um, to be honest with you, I think both of them are awesome radios. Uh, there is a slight price in, a bump on the Link 2.0, but I would say by and large, both radios are really awesome. And if you're looking to get a radio and you, and you don't want to break the bank, looking at that Link 1.0, I think it's a perfectly adequate option sweet so <laughs> we have to give you something else you're gonna get Heck some, yeah you're gonna yeah, of course right <laughs> giving gifts so sans meal bars is sponsored the show their bars are fantastic they are the word sans because there is no sugars there's no extra syrups there's no additives it's just pure 100 percent fruits and vegetables and whatever else granolas grains all the good stuff <laughs> Well, yeah. you want me? To, can I read a list of ingredients? For here? sure, you can. They're right there. The, it says uh, no added sugars, artificial peanut sweet. butter, cacao ingredients. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten <laughs> ingredients. All right. So, peanuts, dates, cacao, egg whites, oats, cocoa powder, flaxseed, sea salt, spinach. Done. What? Okay, so is that your favorite flavor, Darren? No, PB. Actually, I do like the peanut butter cacao, man. It's got the it big is. chocolate chips or cacao chips in it. And uh, yeah, yeah it's, which one do you like? Mint chocolate. PBJ. 
PBJ and mint chocolate are my favorite. Oh, PBJ. You're going to get a PBJ. sort of box. Corey up at Sands. We've actually had an episode. If everybody's kind of listening in and hasn't listened to the Sands Meal Bar episode, definitely go learn and listen. They've got a great program called uh, Buy a Meal, Give a Meal. They have a proceed that they take care of in Haiti, and they uh, you buy stuff, and they give meals to people in need. It's fucking Sweet. awesome, man. Yeah, plus they got a whole entrepreneurship program for people in Haiti as well, yeah. trying to get them to, uh, to enterprise. Yeah. So... It's definitely good. And, and the listeners have been awesome. We've been seeing people posting their buying bars and we just gave away, we ended, today is the ending of the 50% off. So you missed out, dude, but you get a free box. So you're okay. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um, and while we're on it, let's, um, I'm going to give you a grill mount as well. So pro standard of pro standard has a grill mount. We're going to offer you for your GoPro. And then you got a GoPro or a three, Insta 360. You can then use this GoPro because or the Pro Standard grill mount. Sorry, exactly tongue twisting. Uh, heat two heat multiple tabs. Put in your mouth. You know it's easy to access in your pocket. You don't have a teletub. You don't have to ask somebody. Hey, is, am I on? Am I on? Is it on? You can just look at your 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 GoPro. Hit the button. Stick it in your mouth. Do your line, and you're beautiful because your head's the best gimbal. Oh, so, yeah. All, all the cool guys are using the mouth mount these days. They are. They are. <laughs> um, I'm giving away one camo BC link radio camo. So the way to, yeah, the way to get on that, the way to get to, uh, enter to win is to go to our website, darkstars.ca, go into the giveaway area and, or the contest giveaway contest area and enter your name in to win. And we'll give it two Sweet. weeks and we'll be announcing that winner. Yeah, one BC Link, two-way camo radio. Um, get awesome. stoked. Thank you so Heck much, yeah. man. We appreciate that. That's awesome. Oh, awesome. yeah. Awesome. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you wanted to kind of drop tease? I think we should – I know there's a, you guys have a lot more products. I went into your extensive line. And I think for the first episode, I think we're pretty much – we're good to go. I don't want to get too deep into what you guys all have, but this gives us the ability to have another great conversation with you. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. We'd like to come back one day and talk, yeah. uh, you know – Soon. Bags, packs, later. airbags, that yeah. whole deal, right? And and break all that all, down a little bit more. All I'm going to say is uh, stay tuned. We've got some really exciting things coming from BCA um, for our fall 22 line. Uh, you'll start to see teases about that in the next couple months. Um, some other exciting things from BCA is we just signed, um, big snowboarder, Pat Moore. Uh, well, we're trying to get him on the show right now, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's sponsored Pat by Moore's Sam's new bar as well. So there you go. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, so yeah, we, we just signed Pat Moore. Sick. Um, big, big name in the snowboarding community. That guy's awesome. He does that wrist, but you guys should ask him about that wrist maturity thing. Oh, yeah. He does up at yeah. Ball we're well aware of it. We're yeah. All over yeah. It. yeah. Hopefully you um, can sponsor the dark shorts podcast. That would be fantastic to go and take <laughs> the risk maturity course. <laughs> that, maybe that too, that too. I mean, that yeah. would be sick. But um, yeah, yeah but Pat, Pat Moore's killing it. And I think above all else, I, what I, I just encourage all the listeners to do is uh, check out our education page. Uh, we, we, I mean, our mission is to save people's lives. And so we, for, I mean, as much as we're out there selling avalanche rescue equipment, we're, all, we're really in it to save lives. And so we back all of our product with industry leading educational content, video, um, articles, blogs. We're, we're at, we're at all the conferences. We're post, my, my boss, Bruce Hedgley is literally out there. He's writing white papers. He's getting published in the avalanche review. Nice. Um, we are, we are committed to uh, avalanche safety. Um, it's it's the only thing we do. That is our that's our bread and butter, um, and we we truly believe that all of our products should be backed with education. So check out that education page. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, yeah, and stay tuned because we're going to be perfect. perfect. We're going to do some big drops here on the Dark Starts podcast. Yeah, right? Hell yeah, buddy. Yeah, hell yeah. Stay, stay tuned. You heard stay it here first. You're, you're going to hear yeah, it got, here first is what's going to happen. You're, you're going to hear it here first. You got uh, it, bro. Yeah, uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, man. Wealth of info. So yeah, good. Dude. It's like it's like having that little voice in the back of your ear where you're flipping through the catalog. Like, yeah. this means this. This means yeah, that. Dude. That's perfect. 
And this is this, yeah. this is why we started the the series. You know, Chad's always I've always had to, Chad's going a third person. I've always had this in my mind that we need to get more education to people because I want the education. The reason why I didn't get in the backcountry more is because I didn't have the education in order to get the education. So we're bringing it to everybody. We are the snow safety company for the masses. We Love we that. want to spread the good word, get as many people in the backcountry as we can, um, bringing things at an affordable price. I mean, that's just what we're about um, is, is spreading education, spreading the love, getting people in the backcountry. Awesome. Love it. Perfect. Sweet. Thank you so much for your time. That's it, man. Thanks, Jack. Talk to you yeah, soon. Thank you. We'll be in touch. Cheers. Peace. 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 All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to Split Decisions. We hope this helps you make a more informed decision about the gear that you will use in the backcountry. If you like this content or have any comments for Chad and I, please reach out to us by DM at darkstarts.podcast or go to our website and hit the envelope icon at the bottom.